0: Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Tess. She has a severe case of Crohn's disease. Let's talk about it. Well, I gotta say uh this it, we, we were having like a little laugh before the recording started and uh uh you know brian's in his in his van in chelsea quebec taylor's in his very well lit very beautifully well lit uh uh living room slash kitchen slash just it's like studio one. Part natu- one. in Did halifax Taylor made
0: me jealous of natural light for the first time in my life It's pretty so, nice i'm crazy. here in my
1: in my I'm here in my uh my my homey little living room in Halifax with my smelly dog. And then Tess, our guest today, uh you are at your at your 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 childhood like home, your your parents' place, um, and you were in your like old bedroom, I, I think. And and, and which you currently still are, but there there was like la- like a lawnmower going off in the background, which we can kind of hear a little bit, but not, really. not a big deal. And uh, and then you were like, well, maybe I'll just go into my closet. And now, you, now you're holed up in your old closet next to your, your prom I, I'm dress. I'm What
3: can I say? Uh, yeah. There's a lock going on uh, in here, but uh, this, is, this is looking like it's going to be it for the next hour or so, so...
1: This, this is looking like it's going to be it for the next uh, at least I, year I, I, or so in the I world. of I think the podcasting. world of
0: like home audio recording though, like it's it's fairly common for people to record from their their closets. I know yeah. my favorite yeah. my favorite podcast Reply All. They're currently doing uh, a version of their show. They're calling the Attic and Closet Show because the two hosts are recording. Oh, from that's their great! In closets and and. Uh, yeah, it's super endearing, but like I know a lot of audio books have been recorded from closets as well.
2: Well, there's mm-hmm. a v- they're very sound dampening rooms. They're v- they they make they make very good soundproof uh, soundproof little spaces.
0: Actually, Tess, if you put a sheet a blanket over your head too, it might even be a little even, bit more. It's, better. Better. <laughs> it's
2: even better. It's even better.
4: Yeah, just a little little yeah, pro sure tip. A little oh. a little, a little, <laughs> little fort,
1: um, Tess. <laughs> Tess, I'm uh, I'm really excited. I'm excited to talk to you for for two big reasons. Um, number one is we haven't touched on uh, your disease in quite a while. It's been it's been a it's been a minute before we've touched on yes. Crohn's. Correct?
0: Yeah. Are you asking Tess? Or are you asking? Oh, Tess? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: I was I was asking. I, I, I was like I yeah. <laughs> with the episodes. I didn't think again. Yeah. The <laughs> internet. Uh, uh, and then, but also, I'm I'm. I'm excited because we're speaking to you from uh, from the U.S. You're coming to us from New Jersey, um, and that's uh, that's been it's been a really cool uh, addition to this show. In the midst of of COVID, is now we're able to connect with people who are actually a bit further away from us, where we normally wouldn't really have the opportunity to talk to them. So uh, I'm really I'm really stoked to to chat with you. I think the first thing that I want to get into though is um, is how your living uh, situation has changed uh, because of COVID. We were talking about this before the recording started, before the boys were here. And I think it's kind of interesting, you know? Um, you are... You are actually from New York. Your 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 home is in New York, but you're living with your parents. You want to kind of give us a little rundown as to the circumstances of of why you had to move back to your childhood yeah, home. I
3: have like such a good canned answer for it now because everyone is asking me if I'm like currently going through a divorce. Like why did I why did I flee here? Um, yeah. So my <laughs> husband is a pediatric GI fellow at Mount Sinai in New York City, um, one of the hospitals that is just a fucking war zone at this point in time yeah, that, um, and yeah at the beginning of march he was given like emergency physician privileges and um you know was really sent out there into the trenches actively treating covid patients um i am immunosuppressed i have lung disease we live in a 600 square foot apartment um at a certain point which i think was like march 6th maybe i don't remember i'd have to count backwards, but um mm. We were like, this is not safe or smart. Um, my parents came and extracted me from the apartment. Um, and I have not seen him since. So, Whoa. Whoa.
0: Fuck yeah. did, your, did your parents, like, sweep in there? Were Were they like, oh, shit, like, we got to get Tess out of there because things are going to be crazy? Or was it more of like a, like... Because, like, March 6th yeah, is kind of yeah, early. Exactly. You know, like that... that- yeah, so um, what, yeah. Was, it, was it more, like, casual at that point? Like, hey, this is going to be a precautionary thing. Let's, uh... Let's maybe act a little bit early in case it gets bad.
3: Um, To be very clear, I was the most proactive out of anyone I know about this. And I will fucking say it till the day I die. Um, Like, even my husband, Michael, was like, I don't know that it's going to be so bad. And then like Mm. a week later, he was like, maybe. And my parents were like, well, I guess we'll wash our hands more. Like, I don't like, do you have to come here? Like, they were thrilled about the idea of me coming home for an indefinite amount of time. Um, Also, my 25-year-old brother is here now, so they are dying. (laughs) I don't think they're happy about it. But um, no, they were, like, reluctant to have me because they were like, okay, two weeks and things go back to normal. Um, It was more, yeah, yeah, me being like, (coughs) Michael, is there COVID on every inch of your body?
4: Mm.
3: And also, like... Mm if I breathe it. Like I, it, there were so many questions at that I'm point. Kind of time. Of and,
2: time. and we didn't know. Yeah. We didn't know. Like it was, it was still very up in the air, whether, whether it was airborne or what the deal was and, and yeah. how contagious everything was. I mean, like it, I think we actually take for, you know, even just a, such a short time, um, after all this shit has kind of like gone down and obviously continues to go down. But like we take for granted how much information we have today versus, versus how everything was like dripping in hour by hour. There was like that one week period where it seemed like the world was different every, every 30 yeah. minutes. And mm-hmm. I mean, especially Ooh. like somebody like anybody who's immunocompromised or like has, um, has something that, that puts them at a greater risk of, uh, of what COVID might do to them is like, I mean, I can't even I can't even imagine what that what that little what that period of figuring all that shit out would have been like. And being proactive, obviously, is something that you need to
4: do.
3: Yeah. I threw like two weeks worth of shit in a suitcase. Um, yeah. And it's, that's it. Now I live funny. in my closet. Yeah. It's,
0: yeah. it's funny because for uh, the foreseeable yeah. <laughs> future, you know, when you, when you said the, the two week thing, like I, I definitely identify with that a lot because um, when when I first had the work w- was allowed to like work from home um at my other job I thought well you know like I'm going to be working from home anyway I'm going to be I'm going to have to uh, to self isolate I might as well go to Quebec where my girlfriend's going to be and then we can spend a couple weeks together mm-hmm. and so I drove here and we actually met at uh, her parents place because she was coming back from uh Florida at the time so um we met here together and I was thinking like I'm probably I'm probably in Quebec for a couple weeks and like that was like 5 weeks ago and now, like, Jesus and, like, as far as, like, where the horizon is or, like, when I'll be coming home, it just seems like... It well, I mean, like Brian, you've made the you you've no. you
2: told me about how you are looking to actually you and Matt, Maddie's looking at getting rid of her apartment. You're going to move into your place, and you're actually going to permanently live with her parents now, just because you enjoy them so much as roommates. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I was thinking, um, you know, they asked Maddie's mom asked me the other uh, day if I would mind painting God. the bedroom, and I was thinking, you know, I could paint it. I could I could get a new like dresser and kind of like you know dress what the next question is really make it my space, you know. The next Jesus question is, Christ, Brian, guys. how much
2: do you think that um, you should be paying of our mortgage? <laughs> <laughs> you know,
4: it's, it's funny because I, I paid my, uh, okay. my roommate okay. back home, who's also my mom.
0: We digress. We digress. And, and, and okay. last my- month I called my mom and I was like, hey, look, mom, I'm going to be sending you rent. Um, but maybe I should be sending it to Maddie's parents instead. And she's like, I think that's probably oh, a good idea. Oh, God.
2: Yeah, probably right. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, Tess, you, so you have Crohn's. Um, why don't we, why don't we like take it back a little and, and touch on, um, where did this all start for you? Like uh, when, how old are you now? And and when, how old were you when you got Um, diagnosed? I am
3: 28 now. I was diagnosed when I was seven, which is a lot earlier than most of the other Mm. people I talk to, um, who also have Crohn's. Mm. Um, and it's never not been a very extreme case of it. I've had... 12 abdominal like bowel resections it had five fistular repairs um
2: did you What's say the, not the, did the, you say not did wait, you, 12, did you say 12 not extreme 12 resections then, no i said it's uh, no
3: it's very extreme. much extreme
2: oh I, th- I thought you said it's not very extreme yeah. and then proceeded to tell us that you've had like, <laughs> so like two dozen back, operations yeah like <laughs>
3: low-key just yeah just like cut me open <laughs> set me back up um what is what is a bowel
0: rese- what, what resection what is resection
3: yeah. Um, so it is when there's enough of the intestine that is um, diseased, like kind of isolated in a specific space that they can go in and take that piece out and then just kind of like hook the other pieces back up.
0: Jerry, is that what um, you had? Yeah. That's what
1: happened to me. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I had a hemicolectomy. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, but I guess a recession. A, a re- 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 resection. resection. Re- it's resection? a recession. Yeah, it's resection? a It's a recession.
0: Re-section, we'll be, we'll like be the, taking a section and yeah. like resectioning it? Yeah. God, yeah.
1: There's
2: so many clues yeah. in the
1: word. So wait, you said but you said you yeah. said twelve. So like that's how how I mean if I like, all right, I'm I'm imagining now your your intestines. Um, are we talking large intestine? Are we talking small intestine or Just both? A little bit of
3: both? It's like I've historically, like when I talk to other people who have Crohn's disease. They're able to identify that, like, they primarily have small bowel disease or large bowel disease or rectal disease or esophageal disease. Um, I've had it just about everywhere. Mm. Um, I think I have, like, about a third of my small bowel left. Um, A third of my colon is gone. The other two thirds are just chilling. Um, Nothing in the esophagus region, thank God. But my rectum is, like, entirely is fucked
2: uh, um, Dude, a third, a
1: third of your small intestine—that's that. Like your small intestine's like—I don't know—it's something. It's something crazy. Like seven thousand kilometers long.
2: I think is the exact. But, <laughs>
1: that's a that's a lot of small intestine yeah. to be the horizontal in the length of Canada. So yeah.
4: That's, yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, um, yeah.
3: No, and they started chipping away at it. Like when I was really young too, because the disease was really bad. And mm. every time I go in, it's you know I have the whole spiel about how it's. Riskier and riskier. The more we take out, and um, I'm terrified about developing short gut syndrome, which is not something we have to talk about today. But um, you know,
2: the- it kind of sounds like maybe we should talk about it for a second so that we know what it is. <laughs> yeah, so just yeah. in, uh, short
0: gut syndrome. I just want to clarify because you said we don't need to go there. I just wanted to clarify. Like, you do, are you are you comfortable talking about that? Like, what? oh no,
3: let's talk about it. Yeah, and, it just terrifies
0: if, me. So okay, so. What What is it and why does it terrify you? <laughs>
3: it's a fucking scary thing. It's when, like, yeah. Um, when they get rid of the Canadian length part of your small intestine um, and there's <laughs> nothing left to absorb what needs absorbing, um, you become someone who's dependent on, like, TPN or nutrition VOA that's not a way that normal people have to mm. eat. Um, right. And I have had TPN before. There have been periods in my life where I haven't been able to absorb food um
4: and what's TPN tpm
3: total parental nutrition
4: tp um,
3: it's what TPN. they knock you okay. out and they put like a pick line of an IV all the way through to whatever part of your heart needs nutrition
4: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
3: then that's how you eat they pop so eat so up. is it that, so that's oh different from God. a feeding
2: tube forever
3: yeah so a feeding tube like can be well periods of time but when you have short gut it becomes a forever thing
2: right oh okay okay wow. because you, just can't so, absorb. you can't absorb. you'll can't. you just never. because if you don't have the intestine any of the intestine to do the thing that it's supposed to do then you'll never be able to absorb food correctly again which w- why you need
3: exactly so the, the more line. you go in and chip at your intestines which by the way i couldn't tell if you guys are kidding or not do you call <clears throat> do you pronounce it intestines
2: uh,
3: I think. Yeah. I think I go. I, I mean, think I'm interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> I think intestines.
2: I do too. Intestines. I think I say intestines. I use yeah, intestine.
0: Even... I, intestine I is like my, when my go-to. When, when I first moved to Dubai, <laughs>
4: when I first moved
0: to Dubai, I said I was doing a presentation in front of a, a group, and I said uh, "genuine," and they were like. Pfft. Genuine. That doesn't offend me, it's, it's doesn't offend me
2: but intestines you, you, does. You idiot.
0: And then and then I was like, wait, do I say genuine or do I do I say genuine? Because I was I was curious if, if I always said it that way or if it was just the way I said it in the moment. And so now I've been hyper conscious whenever I say that word and I always go like I do go back and forth on it. Um Genuine is Genuine's weird. a little weird, that, yeah. To me,
2: that sounds... <clears throat> I that sounds Color,
4: yeah. But,
0: okay, so so now yeah, from yeah. this point forward, you guys will hear people say it, and you'll hear people say genuine.
2: Hey, is it tour? Is it yeah. tour?
1: Oh, every time I hear hear someone say, say genuine, I, I look at them in the eyes and I, I, hate, I go, are you, are, fucking are,
4: fucking are you an I, idiot?
0: I, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but hate, are you, yeah, you. So, you fucking psycho?
0: So I'm assuming that intestine and intestine for me is the same thing. Like some sometimes I'll say intestines, uh, and sometimes mm. I'll say intestines.
2: Um, so I, now, you know, n- now the, now the thing with it, so the thing I'm, I'm wondering, because when I was a kid, when I was a, one of my first, um, one of my first intro, my first introduction to Crohn's for sure was, uh, was a friend of mine when I was probably 12, or so. And we, we played hockey against each other, but we were good friends. We played like spring leagues and stuff. And, uh, he was diagnosed with Crohn's and he had a feeding tube that was, and he, he always had it in, uh, like even when he was playing hockey, it was, it was in like through his nose, obviously not like feeding, but, um, wow. uh, but he, he left it in all the time and he just had it taped, taped up. Um, and, um, and, and then when we would play spring league together, like, and I would, you know, when you're a kid, you're just, you know, there's something about being a kid where you just like really like without any judgment, you're like at that age, you're like, what's that? Like, tell me what's going on there. And so, you know, he told me all about it. And, um, is the, is the difference like is a feeding tube, and I'm just trying to like kind of dissect the difference between this, uh, um, TPN is a TPN, TPN versus a feeding tube. Is a feeding tube bypassing a part of your, is the feed, point of a feeding tube to, like, kind of bypass a part of your your digestive system that's not really working very well? Um, or, like, what's that doing and what's the difference between that and the TPN?
3: It's just kind of been my understanding that TPN is a more permanent solution, whereas a feeding tube you can remove if necessary. Um, mm-hmm. Though I respect your tiny friend because the process of getting it in and out is, like, very gag-worthy. Um, yeah, So. Not bad. The fact that he wanted to leave it there, um, I totally understand that. Um, yeah, you know, I'm actually not quite sure. But um, when I have had TPN in the past, it's like a, it, like they put you under. You need to be surgically like
4: mm.
3: placed, um, and that thing, <clears throat> excuse me, doesn't come out until.
2: I mean, I guess well, it's kind of know.
3: like I guess it's kind of like a pick line, I, right?
2: I,
1: I I whipped it up here. I whipped it up here. It, it, I mean, the the images. So if you're at home, uh, TPN at home. feeds on Google. Uh, the images are making my hand uh, make me feel a little weak. Um, it says total per uh, per parent, parent teral,
3: <coughs> parental
1: pa- parental mm. parental. Yeah, total parental. Yeah. Parenteral total parenteral nutrition TPN is a method of feeding that bypasses the gastrointestinal tract. Fluids are given into a vein to provide most of the nutrients the body needs. The method is used when a person cannot or should not receive feedings by fluids by mouth or by by feedings or fluids by mouth. Um, That's super wild. I didn't even realize that. That like, I guess it makes sense. You know, it's like we we can. We can give the body the nutrients it needs by by directing it Do you always feel hungry?
4: Do
0: you it, always feel hungry then?
3: Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know that that has anything to do with anything. Clearly, no. yeah. Also, I'm on prednisone right now. So <laughs> a monster, well, no, I'm no. I, but I was I was asking because Dude.
0: I imagine that like what I've learned is or you know this is bro science, but the. The thing that I've always heard yep. is like you know chew your food slowly because the act of chewing sends signals to your brain that tells yourself that you're getting full, um, and like that like time of actually like taking the time to like chew your meal and process it um, allows you to like feel that feeling of satiating your your hunger. Um, so I'm I'm curious if like if you're being fed through TPN or, or getting your nutrients through TPN, do you feel do you ever well, Tess isn't, isn't on, on right TPN. But you said that you were before, right?
3: Yes. So, um, like,
0: I, with your experience when you were, were on it, like, did you always feel hungry or or did you feel, like, nourished?
3: Um, I remember feeling very full. There have been other periods in my life that I guess weren't, not I guess, it was just a few years ago, um, that weren't as drastic um, where I was told I had to be on an all-liquid diet Um and just ingested the shit they would have put through the tube rather than having it put through for me.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and I was so hungry all the time.
4: Mm-hmm. So
3: I don't know what it is oh, about God. The, the method of it being injected straight to wherever it needs to go directly. That, um, helps with that. But yeah, do you, definitely a different sensation.
2: Do you ever, um, kind of going back to some of the surgery, like all the, all the operations that you, that you said you've had to go through over the years, um, Does that ever get – does that get progressively easier or progressively scarier over time?
3: Um, I think about this all the time. Um, It's like a little bit of both. Like the idea of a gigantic abdominal surgery doesn't really phase me. Like that doesn't – I feel nothing. Like Mm -hmm. I feel a little bit dead inside about that. Um, But the idea that I know that there are more to come – is a bit scary, like I don't know that there's a part of my life mm. that's ever gonna go by that I'm not gonna just have a surgery on the horizon every so often with right. the same warning from doctors that like this gets riskier every time we go mm-hmm. um so yeah, I don't feel like active anxiety about it it's like peripheral yeah
1: is
0: um fear. is
1: yeah i I feel the same way with with my yep. c f you know it's like it's a way, it's a way of life. You're, you're kind of, you're dealing with it every single fucking day, but then like are every once in a while, especially like with the COVID thing right now, like every once in a while, there's this thought that comes in where it's like, ah, oh, man, things are good Taylor right Taylor now. Taylor comes
2: over and gives me a McFlurry that uh, has fucking COVID <laughs> on it,
1: <laughs> which you did last <laughs> night. Uh, uh, yeah. But like, you know, that thought of like, of things are good now, but I've been through periods where things were not okay and they sucked. And I know that inevitably those, those, that period is going to happen again. You know, it's, it's up and down, up and down. Uh, I I really, I'm not looking forward to that next, that next dip, you know,
0: with, um, with the like extreme case of Crohn's that you have, um, and all the surgeries that you kind of see yourself still continuing to need in the future. Um, does that, have they told you that you have like a shortened life expectancy because of that?
3: Okay, so nobody will say that to my face, but I am convinced that it's true. Um and this is also something and this this became a more present fear when um all my Cro- Crohn's related lung issues popped up a few years ago. Um Right, yeah. That yeah. I mentioned that.
0: What what like what how does that affect? I I haven't heard of Crohn's affecting the lungs like that before, so I
3: know I'm so interesting. It's very unusual. <laughs> um but um yeah, I, I had, like, total—my lungs collapsed a few years ago, and my heart freaked out. Um, And no one could tell us that it was anything other than Crohn's of the lung and just interstitial lung disease in general. What? Um, Crohn's of the lung? Yeah. Again, if you do some Googling, there are, like, five recorded cases of such a thing. Um, but Whoa. to this Whoa. day, um, when I'm not actively in, like, gastrointestinal pain, like, it is— the lung stuff I'm actively concerned about. So, um, yeah, I can't believe there's a world where I have fucked up lungs. Like my current like lung capacity is about like 30% of what a normal 28 year old should be. But like, I can sit here talking at you and get out of breath from doing it. Um, I can't believe that like I would live the length of a normal person and have that be the case. So
4: right. yeah, that's, mm-hmm
1: fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. How, like, can we, can we g- get into that? Cause I, you, you, you sort of yeah, glossed sorry, over it, it earlier and, and said that you had, you had, you had lung disease. Um, so that, that's not like a, that's not like a, Oh, I have Crohn's, but I also like, I've also grown up with lung disease. That, that is a direct result of your, at least they think that's a direct result of the severity of the Crohn's yeah. that you live with. That's it's fucking, fucking wild. wild. So, so You know, obviously, what you said there was you're you're a very rare case. Um, What do they, what do we know about what is happening to your body? um, You know, that sets you apart from like 99.99% of everyone else with Crohn's.
3: When the first like signs of anything lung related popped up, in hindsight, I want to just like throttle my 24 year old self because I was just like, <laughs> I'm immunosuppressed. Like, of course I'm, I have a prolonged cough and can't breathe. Like, I don't like I don't know what I was thinking that I let it go on for such a long time. But I had been so attuned to diarrhea and pain that like that, I just kind of glossed over it for a while, um, and then woke up one morning and truly like could not breathe. Like it felt like. Something had collapsed on my chest. Um, I remember going to see my GI because I didn't even know who to go see, who sent me to a pulmonologist who had me do the six minute walk test in the office. And I like desaturated to like 65% while I was walking around. Um, Whoa. So like I remember in that moment in time, like hearing the words like lymphoma, like just like, very, like nobody knew what the fuck was happening. Um, and we kind of operated that way for a few months while we did these like miscellaneous, like Whoa. W- the lung biopsy, knocked me on my fucking ass. Um, I was on oxygen full time. Like it just like got progressively worse. I'm not answering your question anymore, by the way. I'm just talking, but, um,
1: mm. no, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, this but, is great. Um,
3: nobody really knew, even had a sense of like how to test what was happening. All we knew was that like part of the lung had collapsed, the veins, that connected them to the heart were constricted and inflamed um, and that I truly couldn't breathe. So um, the biopsy came back showing that I had non-necrotizing granulomas, like all up in my lungs, which I guess.
4: What
1: do you, do you know what that is? Non-necrotizing granulomas? So I've been told
3: it's consistent with either like an adverse drug reaction which was something we thought maybe was the case, that one of my, like, biologic, like, guinea pig Crohn's drugs, um, again, because I had the disease for so long, like, I'm generally on, like, the front wave of people who, like, try a new medication when it comes Mm. out, um, that maybe something happened there. Um, Or it's indicative of, like, a sarcoidosis, like, vague inflammation that, like, can or cannot be treated. So the working theory is that like I have Crohn's of the lung. Like it just like, it's
2: crazy yeah. wow,
3: when you, when you search wow, Crohn's wow, of the wow. lung,
2: it says one of the, one of the first, um, one of the first, uh, links that comes up <clears throat> is, uh, is pulmonary involvement in Crohn's disease, colon, a, colon, no pun intended, a rare case report, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, it's just not a yeah. So you're probably in yeah, that I mean, report. I, think
4: I might be, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, when you yeah. are,
2: when you have something that is that is so fucking rare, like, and I and I and I get it. Having talked to having talked to, um, you know, we had a, a conversation with a fantastic ER doctor um, years ago now, and I remember him explaining like the process of 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 figuring out what's going on with somebody when they enter the ER and how like you basically go from you basically go from like, uh, testing and figuring for like the most, either like the most common or the most life threatening things. And then like work your way back from life threatening mm-hmm. to like less life threatening to so that, so that you're working from like, assuming that it's like mission critical right at the moment and to going backwards from there, like just how challenging it can be. And especially when there's like no research on something. I mean, you said like five, like there's like five reports, <laughs> yeah. like, like how long must it take in, you know, probably in hindsight, something like that might seem really obvious having the information, but working from not knowing you're, you're, you know, you, you've got, f- you know, four other cases in history to look back on and go, could it be that, <laughs> you know?
3: Okay. That actually that yeah, like hits me yeah. really hard because I remember so vividly the way the quality of my care changed after the lung biopsy and we had some kind of result and it was clear that I wasn't dying right this second. Um, and that we could prolong the death a little bit and how like, you know, like the foot came off the gas, like pretty Mm. much immediately. And to this day, it's been Mm. very emotionally trying to wrangle a bunch of physicians who still don't quite know what the fuck is going on, but know that like, I'm okay right now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I ever envisioned a world where all of, you know, the digestive chrome stuff came far second
1: mm, right. to the rest mm. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you, you grew up, you grew up like what, what, what was the age that, that the lung shit hit I you?
3: Was, it started happening in 2014. So that was six years ago. It's a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was like di- diagnosed. Okay. So about five years ago.
1: Sure. Okay. So like before that point, you know, you, you are from seven years old all the way up until then you've been living with, with, you know, what seems to be like a pretty severe case of Crohn's. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm whenever we talk to someone who's, who's lived with an illness, like for the majority of their life and, and has like, has seen the, you know, the, the darkest depths of, of that illness, I'm always dying to know what their, what their youth was like. Um, you know, I know like some people, some people, it, it, it they, they had a really great childhood coming up and, and, it, and it, you know, there, there was no problems. Um, you know, I feel, I feel like one of those people, although there are parts of my youth that I feel like were robbed from me a little bit, um, in, in some ways. Um, what was like what was your what was coming up with with especially with a disease that's like it's the poopy <laughs> disease you know like <laughs> like it's so much poopy doopy <laughs> that like it like what is Bored, that yeah. and there's so much like yeah, and there's so much shame around. Like Jarek like, yeah. could say, you know, like, "I have
0: a boo boo on my lungs," but you have to say, "Like I have a boo boo in my bum." You're bum. like,
1: "I have a boo boo in my doo <laughs> doo." Yeah, my, yeah, my boo boo yeah.
0: <laughs> is um, a
3: boo boo. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, Wait, do you? I did at one point. I can tell you about that. Yeah, we can we can't talk about that. Um, All
0: right. I can't believe I mean, you guys let it let that go. Like two bottles. We need to know more about I that. I of slipped
3: it in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I feel like it, it's also interesting that you say that because I feel like a lot of the ways that I remember feeling as a kid, which was both simultaneously very lucky, in that I had parents who cared and I had resources. And I was well taken care of. Um, mm-hmm. And also, like, why am I a lemon who is not normal? Um, <clears throat> I feel like the same way now. Like, I feel like I just watching what's happening with people who are actively ill with COVID and just being, like, sequestered away from it, but also terrified. It, it feels kind of the same. Like, I feel like a baby. Um, but, no, I I feel like there are certain childhood memories that I flock to when I want to feel bad for myself which is like um Jesus this is fucking bleak but um I remember in the second grade so I must have been seven or eight um when I was first diagnosed I had all these like miscellaneous autoimmune symptoms so I had like terrible joint pain um to the point where I couldn't walk and I remember my parents gave me Mm -hmm. my recently deceased grandpa's cane to go to school with
4: Oh, um, no. <laughs> that is like I'm, just,
3: like I'm like <laughs> you know, <yeah. laughs> oh, so you sucks. were like how old were
2: you at that point?
3: I think seven. So oh, the
2: so fuck. so the cane was either taller than you were or your grandfather was.
4: It was like oh, in no way ahead. Of yes. of very very small.
3: Or, uh, like it was it was dark. Um, <laughs> oh. like I remember going up to present a book <sighs> report and I've like. Asked many times to make sure this is a real memory that I have and not some like weird fucking thing I came up with, um, and like just like traversing to the front of my second grade classroom with a cane um, and a tiny ugh. round pride in his own face, like <laughs> ugh, ugh. <laughs> I like could cry just thinking about it. But um, so so deeply pathetic. But um, like stuff like that I remember. But then I but otherwise I feel like I didn't feel those kinds of feelings until college when everyone was fucking and drinking and everything. And I was so sick. Um,
2: was there, was that like a particularly, um, like overwhelmed, like, like, was that like a a flared up period for you in, in, like in university? Like, were you, were you going to university and doing that or was, or did you not go to university and, and your friends were off doing that?
3: Um, so I, I went in whole, um, I was very healthy freshman year and like pretty healthy senior year. The years in between were terrible. (laughs) Um, That was where a lot of like the rectal issues happened. Um, Like my, my disease kind of shifted from, uh, from stricturing of the intestine to like fistulizing. Have we talked about fistulas before?
4: Mm, can we? I remember uh, the
2: word fistula uh, you know, my, from, a, from a past.
3: My butthole
1: hurts
0: right now just
2: hearing <laughs> the me, word, but why don't you just let us why don't you fill is us in?
1: More
0: disgusting than the word moist to me.
3: Not a great word. I believe a
1: fistula, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, is a fistula a. Oh, no, that's a fissure. A fissure is a uh, mm. cut on the anus. Have What's it? Oh, too? God. A fistula is yeah. like something. Fissure. I had one the other a day. Fissure? Uh, a Fissure. Yeah, I had a fistula. I thought it was a hemorrhoid. Turned out to be a, fish, a fissure. Yeah. Sorry, a fissure. Uh, fissure is—is that, that something like, like <laughs> pushing out or like?
2: Don't make that shape with your god, with my... your mouth, Jeremy. Don't do that. He
3: really enunciated. Don't so push your
2: tongue sure. against your cheeks like that. Uh, oh my god.
3: Uh. <laughs> okay, well I have options. I can tell you about my belly button fistulas, or I can tell you about my butthole fistulas. I've had them all.
2: Let's do butthole, butthole for, for sure first. And then maybe, yeah, we'll work maybe backwards backwards if there's the room, we'll go to belly button. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, no, I, my disease kind of like shifted, which again, like when you talk to people with Crohn's, um, you tend to find that like they, they categorize, like they either have strictures or fistulas and I've had both. Um, but yeah, my, my first butthole fistula um, developed while ugh, I was pledging sophomore year.
2: Um, oh, my God. This is a, this is <laughs> a, Wait, mledg- a movie scene? like a, like, like a, like no, a, like a sorority? It in that
3: oh, instant, no. I wasn't, like, actively, like, dancing for boys, and, like, my butthole started
4: leaking. That is a movie time. scene,
3: okay.
1: <laughs> Sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah, okay, all right.
3: If it's too much, tell me. I will, I will rein it no, in. No, no, oh
4: keep, no, no. Keep
0: going.
1: Oh, <laughs> There's no such thing <laughs> okay. as too much on this podcast.
3: Quite a few episodes, and if it
1: is too much, you, you get a, you get a fucking yeah. a, award. Okay. okay well now
3: I want an award. So
4: keep talking. Um, <laughs>
3: um, yeah, but like over time, like we used to, like, I remember we used to have these things where like, they would call us to the house and we'd have to be there in eight minutes. And so like for the first time in my life, I would like run, like I would actively try to get somewhere quickly and like move my body. Um, And I had what I called like a, like a butt cramp. Like I was like, did I strain my hamstring? (laughs) Um, like why is it aching like in that specific spot? But I really thought it was like the, like, like the crevice of where your butt meets your leg. Like I didn't think Mm, it was mm
4: -hmm.
3: higher up than that, which was how big the infection was building. Um,
1: oh my God.
3: So yeah, I had butt cramps throughout pledging and also so much diarrhea, excuse me that seemed to be coming from like tbd place like i was like i cannot trace it's not coming from where it's supposed to anyway a fistula is when uh a little bit of like what's meant to be inside kind of adheres to the outside wall Mm. and then what's inside has an outlet to kind of push out so i was leaking intestine juice and poop from another hole very close to my butthole
4: oh
2: another whoa. hole this,
3: come out somewhere this how does it get, a... how
2: does it how does it make its oh, way oh god it's like the ultimate that, like zit that ultimate zit. outlet how does it uh, get there
3: i don't because my intestines are they're, they're sticky and fucked they just kind of like
0: a kid i kid i, I, kid oh, I coach man. paddling um uh he he had this happen to him recently and he was telling me about it and like it had to be packed and stuff with like oh, like yeah. intense amount of gauze and stuff and oh, like it, packing it it took forever uh. to heal to and, and he was saying that his was like massive and super deep like yeah. like the size did, did it was, come it out of his crazy, did it come
2: isn't? out for the for a guy did it come out of his wiener no it could no, no. Be <laughs> anywhere. it
3: anywhere anywhere there are people who have like no reaper ones Oh, really?
1: Whoa! Yeah. Poo-poo? Oh poo Okay, pee-pies? wait, 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 wait. So did, let's so talk about yours now. No, no. How <laughs> oh, well,
4: deep? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you, a, that, did you have it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> did you? Te- did Tess? Did you have what's what is refer- so like technically? Was it a anal fissure or sorry, an anal it's, fistula?
3: It's
1: a perirectal fistula. A perirectal fistula. Taylor, can you Google perirectal yeah, fistula? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just
1: okay. Google that, but but don't go just Google image my, that. My,
2: my friend Adam, like
0: same, I'm pretty sure, Do exact same thing. It was it, hairy. yeah, we should have him on the podcast. People to talk about something who don't
3: go wipe and yeah. clean well enough, can get these. It's not just me.
0: I heard it's hairy also could be caused from again, if you have like very again? hairy, like if you have a really hairy butt um, and you have, um, because guys, like he was telling me from a guy's perspective. That it can be from like having being like either hairy and sweating a lot down there. Yeah. Um, so a lot of athletes get them too. Apparently,
1: this episode is not brought to you by Tushy. <laughs> However, Tushy, I'm telling you right now, people get a bidet. It's there's just another reason. It, there's no more toilet paper on the planet. Only from... you don't want fistula, You don't want a, fi- a fistula. Get a bidet. It'll clean your butthole. You'll be nice and clean, Taylor. How they're are those all, photos? They're those all
2: like, like, like diagram type shit. You know, no, like it's okay. So you're not getting the no, you're not, not getting, getting the hardcore, hardcore shit.
0: I don't want to make assumptions, but I assume right, I'll, that I'll... Um, fistulas can can happen even if you're if you're if you're not like unhygienic, right? Like it sounds yes. like yours is, yours is caused from the inside out from your Crohn's. Yeah, yeah hers was very Crohn's very related, Crohn's right? So, in that area. as much as I love Tushy, and this this episode is brought to you by Tushy, um, <laughs> it won't necessarily cure all officials, right?
3: Um, no, that's not
1: what I was saying. You fucking <laughs> fucking if, dope. Yeah, I was saying but what if, if it, we are
3: the catalyst for change from here on out, <laughs> like we change, like we change that's the right, culture yeah. in
1: North that's America right. from this day. Cool. We trying to change the narrative, right? Um, Tess, so so. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of curious, you know, you this all happened during your pledge, um, like, did you did you like you know did you have any like experiences at like like frat parties or or like sorority like parties that, <laughs> like that, that just move like can you shuffle your shoulders, you you shuffle
2: your shoulders like, like that again, <laughs> Jerry? <laughs> yeah. because up here in Canada, in Canada, we don't have the same like there, there's we don't have the same frat sorority um like culture. So Which it's, is all why very, Jared, it's all very we movie, don't.
0: It's we'll all, like all very movie it's
2: all very movie like to us.
1: <laughs> it is and yes, t- thank you Taylor, very movie esque and like what you're ta- what you're talking about is very like I'm picturing in my head like Animal a, host, you know a, Van some Wilder. fucking ju- juvenile scene from from some like hilarious fucking college, you know, shit joke, dick <laughs> joke movie. But, like, did you have any sort of, like, embarrassing moment at, like, a at some sort of, like, frat party or anything that might have happened during this whole, like, poop-tastic fucking part of your life?
3: Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> Short answer? No, yes. I mean, like, you know, like, in a roundabout way of answering your last question, that fistula... So, basically, I wore, like, makeshift diapers for a year, and I sat on, like, an inflatable donut like for people who give birth to babies Mm. and have hemorrhoids like my sophomore year of college that's what I did and also like I had met the person who would become my husband freshman year and like we had a great year of just like truthfully just like sex like we just had like the best year and it was so much fun and I was like a cool young hot person Mm. and just like really normal in a way that I hadn't felt before. And then I came Mm. back to school and was wearing diapers and sitting on donuts and leaking diarrhea. Um, So that kind of Mm. like shaped that experience from there on out. But um, as far as particular stories, I mean, (laughs) okay. The first that comes to mind, um, junior year, I developed another fistula, but in my belly button, where my belly button used to be. So I used to just like,
2: it comes out of your belly button. That's fucking wow. fascinating. Just,
3: just, push, like, just like, just like in, like, pushing. oh, so, so, so I love it's, it. It's,
2: wow, wow, wow. You
3: just audibly groaned so hard. That was amazing.
2: Wait, who did? Yeah, did was I crazy. did? <laughs> Brian, that was Brian. Brady. I was like, <laughs> fuck. Oh. I didn't. I didn't even notice.
3: It was
0: the word gushing. No, it was very <laughs> oh, yeah, so I would have to
3: like take the same diapers. Brian I or the fistula butt and tape them to my abdomen. And go out to parties. Oh my like, God. Obviously, when you are drinking and behaving the way that you are at that age, like that doesn't help. So <laughs> I would just like, gush, Not- like I would be able to like smell the moscato. I would, like, the <laughs> moscato.
2: Wow. <Yeah>. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, Brian is having a tough time here. Yo, I'm so no, yo good. no. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm no, good. this is no, so I'm
1: good. good. But this is so. This, this is, is so, so good. good. When whenever whenever I try, whenever like uh, one of my favorite things to do in life is to try and just really like fuck people up, like by making them feel really uncomfortable. And one of my favorite ways to do it, and it works every time, is if we're talking about something that's like kind of gnarly, I just say simply say, "Can you imagine what it smelled like?" <laughs>
3: and I or it to think you. about how yeah. it
1: smells. You fucking teed oh that God. up and so good. It street street park. Park. But
4: it I, I just want to say, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, I just want to say, yes,
1: when, yes. When,
0: like when you, when you're telling this, if somebody was telling me this and I was like having a conversation with them on the street, <laughs> I would be like, oh, that's that's really tough. Like I, yeah, I can imagine that would really suck. But when, like, the, it's the emphasis and the language that you're using and the storytelling and the art of it that <laughs> that, that that makes me go. That makes me go. Whoa.
2: <laughs> oh god the compliments, uh, the, uh, that, the the compliments art, that you just, the that you just the word, slung away were just fa- fantastic it's great oh, i
0: feel i feel like i'm there and so i'm looking forward to this next one about the ostomy oh, yeah. yeah no
3: i well no i mean the, the gushing was terrible um but no my favorite like actual frat party poop story um i had come back <laughs> to school junior year with the bag i got it over the summer Um, yeah, I came back to school and I was healthy and I was gaining weight and and feeling (sighs) good and, and almost normal. And it was, it must've been like October, November, um, that I was so excited to like be out with my friends. And I was, um, out at a party at this place called the ozone house, which is not frat related. It was like one of the havens on campus that had nothing to do with, um, gross frat boys, but, um, (laughs) someone who I hadn't seen out since like the year before, I guess, got really excited to see me. Um, went to like give me a hug from behind, and like hoisted me, essentially like hooking me from the intestine. <laughs> um, uh, just pulled it out! Oh, oh no! Oh. Yeah. oh the intestine! No. The intestine! The whole drug, not, the whole in- not the whole intestine, but it was truly like a like a penis. Length of intestine. No, so I, this is so entirely true. I just wrote oh. the chapter for the
2: book. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, my god! This, that's oh the craziest thing god. I think I've ever heard. It
3: was, so I,
1: I think so. Say I think same. I
3: swear to God. I like just think you just
1: that won might award. be
4: that's <laughs> like,
3: I That's like ran to the bathroom. Also, this was like a party where people weren't wearing shoes. Like it was disgusting. I took my most squeamish friend. I was like, I think something just happened, <clears> and I need you to tell me. It's there's more.
4: Yeah, keep just, going. Keep, yeah, Are you keep,
3: walking away?
2: No, no. He's, he just needs to stretch his legs. <laughs> I don't, know what, I don't know what to legs. do. <laughs> he just needs to take a breath and stretch his <laughs> oh legs. God. I gotta I work Keep out. going. Keep going. So I, gotta, like, I gotta get I rid like of some, some of this energy. I the
3: bag because the way the bag works is like you have a wafer and it's stuck to your body and then you clip a mm. bag on top so you mm. can like burp the bag if there's gas and then you can like release stool. Um. So I like unclipped There's so it. many words sorry, in I'm this. So no, 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 don't apologize.
4: Don't
3: I like released the bag and she gagged because firstly I was showing her my intestine, which she, uh. she didn't want to see. And, um, and then shat, like I shat everywhere, just like onto the floor, like just everywhere. Oh, We didn't clean it up. Because oh. Just left.
2: And you were wasted.
3: I was so drunk. Oh. I don't even know. Like, I remember I woke up the next morning on the floor of my bathroom. Cause I was in like handicap accommodations by that point, which was great. Um, and feeling like, my intestine on the floor. Like I remember feeling that. <laughs> so then over winter break I had to go back. I had another surgery to repair the prolapse because it should not be hanging out like that because it's just bad. And then I woke up of with a because there was like more diseased Crohn's and so the reason it like hadn't been good in the first place is because like to replace it. So they just like sliced me open, put it on the other side. That's wow. That is thing. you know what it reminds me of hands down.
1: Um, the have wildest you, story I, that I've ever heard yeah. on the podcast. Have you seen?
2: Um, have you guys seen Machete?
1: Shetty you remember kills? the scene yeah. in Machete yeah. where
2: they're in the hospital yeah. and he cuts the guy's stomach open and grabs a hold of his intestines <laughs> and then he takes yes. it and he slings, he slings it over his he, his, he slings it he slings it over his shoulder and then runs out the window and uses it as a rope to swing out of the window and then back into the hospital on the on the floor below.
4: <laughs> yeah. the, but when that's when all I can
2: think of when, yeah. when you said your intestine came out. It's absolutely intestine. fake
0: because. Because there's 7,000 kilometers of intestine, so he would have plummeted <laughs> to the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: he would have just fallen to the ground. <laughs> there would have been way too much rope, intestine rope. Oh.
1: Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this very short break.
2: you got your podcasts.
1: Hey, listeners. If you like this show, you should check out Unlocking Bryson's Brain from CBC Podcasts. 13-year-old Bryson is a happy, loving boy, but a mysterious disease means he can't walk, talk, or feed himself. After years without a diagnosis, genetic scientists believe they know what's causing Bryson's illness and think it could be reversed. Join Bryson's family on their search for a medical miracle, in Unlocking Bryson's brain. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Tess, I like. Uh, first of all, I want to say congratulations because you, you just, you just, uh, you just fucking won. You just won Sick Boy Podcast. Uh, that was that was the gnarliest story I think we've ever heard <laughs> yeah, on the show, and so I loved, I loved, I loved every <laughs> fucking second of it. Uh, but I want to, I want to take a second and get, um, I want to, I want to take a second and get uh, yeah. real for a minute. Um, because you know this is uh, in retrospect looking back at these things it, it it thank thank god thank god we have the ability to to laugh at those moments you know um but like if 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 that moment was happening right this second it the you know uh it's not funny it's not it's not fun to go through you know like you and your friend in the bathroom trying to like take care of that fucking issue. Like that, that is a, that's a pretty like traumatic event for anybody to go through. Um, but the, you know, to have the, to have the ability and the strength to go through it and then accept it for what it was and look back on it and find the humor in it. That's what this show is all about. Um, I'm, I, I am curious to know though, uh, having said that, like what, what has your crohn's how how has your crohns affected your relationships because you you say that you're you're married you're you're in a relationship you met your beau at in in your first year of university um and that maybe not specifically just that relationship but just like relationships in general like the chronic illness is is a huge um is a huge thorn in anyone's side and and it and it comes with a host full of issues and maintaining relationships while you go through the ups and downs of living with illness can sometimes be tough. Um, so how has it, how has it like shifted or affected relationships within your life?
3: Um, I mean, I have to tell you even to sit here and talk to you guys feels really, really good. Um, because I have found that the older I've gotten and the more serious my problems have become, the more truthfully, the more selfish I have to be. Um, and selfishness is not generally great when it comes to friendships. Like I have found that
4: Mm -hmm.
3: my friends have waned over the years and it gets very hard for me sometimes to have perspective on things that are not just like my tiny little diseased body. Um, and it's funny because I was talking with my, my best friend, Joe, who like emailed you guys and is obsessed with the podcast. Gets off on this podcast. (laughs) She loves it so much. Um, About how there are so few people who I don't feel like I'm able to be more than just my disease with, like, Mm. Mm. um, Mm. so bleak, so sad. But but it's true. It's it's all consuming at points, and and I really feel like at this point in time, like I have the people I'm gonna have and. The ones who haven't just, it's nothing, I don't know. I feel sad to talk about this, honestly. Um, what, what, I feel like I've lost people because yeah. of how sick I can be at certain
4: points.
0: In terms of like opening mm-hmm. up to um, like someone romantically too, like <laughs> your, uh, your partner, um, and talking about your experience with your illness and how that affects, how it affects your life, um, what did that look like in, in your relationship?
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I literally met him the first day of school. He was a senior so, and he was a freshman. That, that, that's a
0: movie. Like your, your life might as well be a movie. Yeah. Your life is <laughs> a, a movie. Book book, man.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I gotta make it happen. But, um,
4: yeah, he was my orientation yeah.
3: advisor. Um, nothing happened until it was all kosher, blah, blah, blah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, we just like had a really great time just kind of, you know, doing whatever. um, And not necessarily exclusively, but like there was like a year where we were happy and like I was healthy and there was no reason for him to know anything other than that. I had like this cute little scar on my stomach, which um, TBT, because this is not what my body looks like anymore. But um, so, yeah, he knew that I had had surgeries and um, I also have this memory of like having to use his frat house bathroom in the middle of the night because he's also president of his fraternity um yeah. disgusting but um <laughs> and there being like drunk <laughs> frat boys like outside the door like making farting noises because i was like uh my body was dying and just him, like running rip. into the yeah. bathroom and turning on all the showers and like you know making noise and it was like oh, okay he's he's a good one um but yeah there was no there was uh, no part of my health affected that relationship until like Mm -hmm. pretty much sophomore year when all of a sudden I was like, I think I'm leaking diarrhea from a different hole.
0: Um, well going from like, because you, you said that like you, you guys didn't really, you weren't actually dating in first year, but then you mentioned that like the, the challenges really started kind of in year two and year three. Um, I imagine that you guys had some type of relationship up until then. And then all of a sudden you probably had to, you know, talk to him about the changes that were happening in your body and, uh, like, what did that look like? Like, how do you, how do you talk about that stuff to someone that, you know, you're maybe not sure that you can even trust opening up to yet?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. So by the time I left school in the spring, like we had had, like we had had the talk, we were together together. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no, like, not ultimatum, but no talk that I generally give with other people in my life, whether it's, like, an employer or a professor at the time where I was like, I have Crohn's and it affects my life, um, and here's what you should know. Um, like, we didn't really have that talk. Um, has it you know, been really, really natural? Remember. or has Has
0: it kind of just seemed like you know, when you look, when you look back and reflect on it, has it just kind of been this gradual progression that like, there wasn't actually this defining moment where you're like, I have to, you know, talk to my boyfriend about my Crohn's.
3: Um, yes. I mean, I, I do think like, I do look to that moment of him, like attempting to cover up my farts for my own comfort. Not because like, you know, there was any other reason as something where I was like, okay, like, you <sighs> could, like, you know, yeah. that's, that's good. Um, yeah. But, no, I think when I started, like, making my own diapers, and I remember him, like, helping me move my stuff from regular accommodations to handicap accommodations and blowing up my my hemorrhoid donut for people who have recently given birth, um, <laughs> that I think he understood <laughs> that this was more permanent of a thing, and there was just that kind of shift that happened. Hmm. Did um, you
0: say Did you say he's a GI doctor now?
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. Yes. Um, Interesting. A pediatric yeah. doctor. Yeah. But- yeah. okay
0: um
1: was his did do you know like were you were you a part of the inspiration for him to follow that track in 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 med school I mean, like to go down I the road of gi you,
3: but like a hundred percent yes good answer <laughs> yeah so like going into sophomore year was his first year of med school but like he he had you know like toyed around <clears> with card <throat> he always wanted to peds um but no, cardiology mm. and emergency and everything else um, before you just had this like inclination toward GI. Um, yeah. So that's funny how that worked out. Um,
2: <laughs> does does I mean, that That, help that obviously plays a role. I, I'm assuming you're probably going to ask the same thing, Brian. Like, <laughs> well, I was just going to
0: say, like, does that influence the way that you talk about it now? Like, do you, do you think that you're more comfortable or less comfortable talking to him about it now that he actually works in that profession?
3: I truly would say like nobody understands it the way he does like mm-hmm. he's treating Crohn's babies like he, yeah and
2: like, it must yeah. play into it must play into you know a, a reasoning why. I'm sure when you met, obviously he was in his senior year, so he's he he probably knew already that he was going to med school. He probably knew mm-hmm. what med school he was going to go to. I mean, that must play into how you feel about opening up to somebody, just knowing that like medicine is something that they're into, and no one going into med school is somebody who mm-hmm. has a weak stomach who's going to run off when you say I have Crohn's and I have to poop all the time. You Dude, a
1: hundred percent. Like, <laughs> yeah, when I'm when I like in dating, like if I. It's like when I met Becca and, and she's a nurse, I was like, oh, fuck. Sweet. Yeah. You know, like she's seen it all. Like I can, I can, you know, I can lay out the yeah. bullshit like that's going on with me. Like, physically. like not, that, not that you can't do that yeah, with anybody yeah, yeah. else,
2: but you can do it way faster with no, no, of who's, course not.
1: Y- Yeah, who's in that world and, and goes, oh, fuck, yeah. I get that. Whatever. Like, are you kidding me? I'm swimming in shit daily. Like Literally, that's my yes. job. I do feel like, you, know, yeah. you go, oh, like, there cool. was like
3: not nearly as much catch up that needed to be done in like the physical, mm. like, is that a thing I need to worry that he thinks is gross from as it is like all of the emotions mm. and what I now realize is trauma that was happening all of those years mm. Um, mm. in that he didn't realize why I would have these paralyzing moments of anxiety when like I would go out in public and someone would ask me if I had hemorrhoids because I was a 19 year old holding a donut. Um, like, he, like that to him is like whatever. Like he, it took him a very long time to catch up in that realm um, because really nothing does gross him out. But now having been a practicing physician for a while, he's much better attuned to the mental health aspect that comes with being a diseased person Mm. for a very long Mm -hmm.
4: time. Mm
1: -hmm. You, you've, you've kind of like uh, you've hit this point a couple of times throughout the conversation and we haven't really touched on it, but um, you're writing a book um uh why don't you tell us about that what's the book about like what's the what is that process where are you um, at with about it
3: pooping myself um <laughs> with nice. the, uh, in-
1: i'm buying that Thank book so for much. sure i will give you
3: all three cents of my royalties one day um,
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but um no it's it's done with the intention that like at baseline everybody poops like there's no version of everybody poops for adults um whether it is, mm. like, a metaphorical, like, you don't know when to keep your fucking mouth shut or, like, an actual physical <laughs> poop kind of thing. Um, Kim Jong-un
2: doesn't poop, apparently. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah apparently. Funny. Apparently yeah. he's the only <laughs> human who doesn't yeah. All
3: best. Yeah. I hope he's doing great. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, no, I, it's just, like, these collections of, like, these absurd stories I've gathered over the years that really – I have now told so many people who have told me that they don't even sound true but, like, have born witness to it while it was happening. Um mm. like friends I have pooped on, like the one who submitted me to this podcast. Um <laughs> it just just with the general like idea of helping people feel better and destigmatizing shit because I'm over it. Yeah. Because
1: we all do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's nothing to be ashamed about with yeah. poop, you know? It's uh Yeah, I get that. And I you know what I feel like uh I feel like that is that is uh we need something like that we need we need more of that in our life you know i like this i'm not joking like this i am so elated that we went to those places <laughs> in this conversation today because as as much as like i've always had a joy from like laughing at at poop and like finding humor in in poop stories or whatever like this, i i also find that it's it's kind of important because we like it's so weird to me that that it's so weird to me That when I, like, if someone's in a relationship and it's like, Taylor, I look at your apartment, right? You guys share one bathroom. Your apartment that you're currently in right now, it's not very, it's not a very big space. It's like a studio apartment. There's there's no no rooms in your apartment aside from the bathroom. And I guess you could like count the den as like a room technically, but like, it's just all one space and then a bathroom. Like, you're not going to get away with, hiding the fact that you're taking a shit whereas like no no you will not like and look full on i i feel totally okay with doing this bridie i'm throwing you under the bus here like if bridie's home and she needs to take a doo-doo she's gonna go to the upstairs bathroom and i'm always like i'm going i'm going up there and i'm gonna like go like purposely knock on the door and like make her uncomfortable because i'm going what are you doing like why are you trying to hide the fact that you shit? I, we like we all do this. There's not, like I I will I my one of my favorite things is like going in the bathroom taking a shit while my partner's home. One and, of like, my
3: favorite things, yeah.
1: Make I'm <laughs> not joking. One of my favorite things, things. and to and like and like list. having a loud shit and when the and when that loud shit like starts to happen and there's noise, I go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I want. <laughs> I want it to be normalized. So, like this, this idea, this conversation right here, this idea of this book that you have, like I'm fucking all Thanks, for Dan. it, dude. I dude, think it's amazing. Tess, in I'm terms super stoked of your, for it.
0: Like your mental health. Um, I'm wondering what <laughs> the experience of writing a book is like and sharing these stories. You, you said earlier when we were recording that um, it felt good to to talk about this. Um, how does how does writing a book and sharing these stories publicly um, affect your mental health?
3: depends on the day it's it's moving slower than I had anticipated it was going to but that's okay Mm. um
4: Uh.
3: and there are some things that really come right back um and I as I'm writing it feel will be helpful for other people as I've heard them complain about loud painful shits or whatever it is that they are complaining about um and other times it has been pretty like paralyzing um because I do – it is easy to forget, especially with, like, all of the lung stuff that I'm now more focused on, that there was 20 years of disease that was just kind of chilling there before I kind of pushed it to the side. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm working on it. I'm trying to, like, not be one of those people who is upset that she's not as productive as she thought she was going to be during a global pandemic. Like, I'm not – like, I'm, like, stressed that I'm not writing enough. But then I'm like, it's okay. Um, mm
4: mm-hmm.
3: So yeah, it, it's up and down, but generally, it, generally, it feels good because it's something I pretty much only talk about with like a select few people at this point in time.
1: Mm-hmm. Out of your entire experience <clears throat> with Crohn's, um, and and including the the lung stuff that that's come along with it, um, Tess, what would you say is the biggest thing that your your illness has taken away from you?
3: Oh man. <laughs> People cry, right? Like, you've had people cry. It's fine.
1: Every every now and then, yep. yeah. We, we sure have. I, I mean, fuck, I've cried on the show. Yeah, totally.
3: It's taken away from me. I mean, like, I just found out I'm not going to be able to carry babies. That sucks. Um, that was pretty mm. devastating and feels more present in my mind um, than I really ever thought it was going to be. We'd always, like, known we wanted them. That was always the plan, mm. and... Crohn's is not really tons of people have Crohn's and have babies. Um, but the fact that it was like the lungs, um, and the current state of my heart, that's not going to allow that to happen. I feel very Mm. currently robbed of that. Um, yeah.
4: What
1: would you say is the biggest thing that your illness has given you?
3: (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm pretty fucking resilient. I don't think I used to be. I think I am more so now. Um, God, I don't know. I feel very I feel very proud of the things I've been able to accomplish for work, like despite, like I always like hear my self say that I have done things despite. Um, especially because I find myself frustrated that like, to look at me, you would never know. And so people assume the things they assume and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm going to go with resiliency. Is that a douchey answer?
0: I think that's a good answer.
4: <laughs> it's yeah. a good, no, it's, pretty damn that's good quality. Perfect
1: to have. answer. You can yeah. Tell me, I can
3: change yeah, I think it. It's pretty perfect.
1: <laughs> no, hundred percent. I think that's pretty great. Uh, Tess, This has been, uh, this has been an absolute, absolute. Fucking pleasure. Um, This, you know, I, I want to say that, uh, that when we, when we started transitioning over to these conversations through a screen, we were, we were genuinely, um, worried that there was going to be sort of a loss of, of humanity, you know, like a loss of like, like real uh, deep connection that you would get Mm -hmm. while in the same room as somebody else. And, uh, and this has been this has been a a a, a perfect opportunity to show myself. And I, I think I speak for the three of us when I say that um, that we are still able to really connect. And this has been this has just been such a fucking delight and has made my my afternoon. Like if I saw
0: you better. in person, um, I'd run up behind you, grab you, squeeze you and pick you up.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no. Oh <laughs> my really God.
2: I'm jumping off the balcony. <laughs>
4: you know,
3: it's fun really so to uh, my like my friend who I keep bringing up which by the way I'm going to take a screen grab if this happens yeah. she really loves you guys so much. Yeah. Um she,
1: What's it you say her name was Jordy Joe?
3: Joe, yeah. Um,
1: Jordy, shout out to oh Joe. My gosh, shout she's out to Joe. Fucking
3: lose it. So I'm gonna screen grab this because she said Pixar didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but no, she had this whole plan that like she was gonna submit me. She also putting in a plug for her. She's a palliative care nurse at a senior facility, which is
2: all Ooh, sorts of all fun. All sorts of nuts right times. now. Damn.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. It was amazing. Um, but she was like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to Canada and do this," and it was like. Maybe we uh, just sit in the closet instead. I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just, like, no need. Really kind of sad. Just
1: but... Sit in the closet and sit in the closet and cry all <laughs> over your prom dress. That's like, I mean, we that's what it's all cried. about. So we're
3: up- <laughs> but, okay. Everyone smile. I'm screen grabbing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cheese. Thank you. She will be
3: thrilled. Uh, but thank Amazing. you. This is so fun. Uh, thank you so much for this. I really enjoyed yeah. it.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Tess. This really has been uh, pretty amazing. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we will be back next week, as we always are, with a, another wonderful conversation. And in the meantime, if you want to support the podcast, you can do that by going over to Apple Podcasts right now and leaving a rating and a review and, and hit that subscribe button. Uh, that way, these these awesome combos just get loaded mm-hmm. right up to your device as soon as we pump them out. Uh, and Tay, why don't you tell them about Patreon? because that, that shit's blowing up. up
2: if you want to... Uh, uh, become a patron and support us there. You can go to patreon.com dot slash Sick We uh, we have special content for all of our our patrons. Um, you can head over there if you if you sign up um, and go back and listen to our our Patreon special episode for April. You'll find out um, how and why Jeremy doesn't respect you, and um, and, <laughs> true, and, 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 whoa, and 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 how Brian and I do, and um, and and we just love. Yeah, and you know what else I do on that episode? I give out my personal uh, phone yeah, number. They so gave out, you go they gave out my phone that. number, and uh, and so mm, and so if oh, you want to well. support us on Patreon, <laughs> Patreon.com/sickboy. We've got our Discord. Uh, during the during the pandemic times, we've been doing weekly uh, hangouts on Wednesday nights, which have been super fun um, hanging out with y'all and um, and shooting the shit and playing so, games.
0: So how about that, Jen Feltonstein? Hop on over on uh, Patreon, and you can get Taylor McGilvery's phone number. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: Brian, Jen Brian. called out and, again. Uh, my God. She's,
0: she's and dying. also, uh, thanks to Donovan the CPAP Morgan for the amazing sound design. Donovan, thanks for a third time's a charm. Thanks for making it sound like we are grabbing hold to a nice long piece of intestine, <laughs> running that bitch right oh, out the yeah. Oh, my window. God. Smashing through it and swinging in a uh, maybe to just the find next floor below maybe wow. just find the
1: audio for that scene in Machete. <laughs> oh my God, Donovan, that is a hardcore task. Uh, Good luck, yeah. buddy. Uh, that that <laughs> is it for this week. I am Brian. I am Taylor. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy.